Spoonie G. As a child, Gabriel Jackson preferred to eat all of his food with a spoon. This earned him the nickname Spoonie. Spoonie G started rapping in 1977, inspired by DJ Hollywood. Spoonie's from Harlem, and he's the nephew by marriage of Bobby Robinson, founder of Enjoy Records. Enjoy Records have been around since the 50s as a soul, R&B, and doo-wop label. Hip-hop was all around Bobby Robinson in the late 70s. He couldn't escape it. Every portable tape player, every cab that rolled by, even his own son was in a rap group. But Bobby's nephew, Spoonie, would be sought after and signed by Peter Brown in his label, Sound of New York Records. This signing made Spoonie the first solo MC with a record deal, even beating Curtis Blow to the punch. Originally, Spoonie was in a group with his childhood friend Kumo D and L.A. Sunshine. They called themselves the Treacherous Three. One day in 1979, Peter Brown walked into Bobby Robinson's record store looking for Spoonie. He explained to Spoonie that he wanted to sign him to a record deal. Spoonie went looking for the rest of his friends in the Treacherous Three, and he couldn't find them, so he recorded the record himself. Spoonin' Rap, which originally was called Spoonie Rap, but there was a misspelling on the record, went on to be a phenomenal success. The next year, Sylvia Robinson would license it on her Greatest Rap Hits Volume 1 compilation. Spoonie didn't expect the record to get this huge. He really was doing it just to have something to do. He did not expect the success. Kumo D tells me that when Spoonie brought the record to them, they thought he just had a break beat in his hand. He explained that he made a record. Kumo D said, what, you mean some Atlantic City boardwalk in the booth shit? Or a real record? Indeed, it was a real record, which left the Treacherous Three one member short. Kumo D replaced Spoonie G with Special K, one of his classmates who also rhymed. After the success of Spoon and Rap, Bobby Robinson was ready to sign his nephew. In 1980, Spoonie already had an idea in the back of his head for Love Rap. That would be the song that he recorded on Enjoy Records. For the flip side, he would record the new rap language, and he would let the Treacherous Three have the flip side, and they would split the proceeds evenly between the four of them. Where Spooning Rap was a whirlwind adventure of Spoonie going through different scenarios of how he was a lover and how he could get the women, Love Rap picked up where it left off. Spoonie's laid-back flow combined with Pucci Costello's congos and Pumpkin's drums was a winner. Love Rap became a breakbeat within itself amongst New York City DJs and MCs. Almost every crew from the era from 1980 to 83 in their live performances performed over Love Rap as a breakbeat. The new rap language would serve as a vehicle for Modi to showcase the new style he had developed called Fast Rap. Coincidentally, Special K had also developed a style similar. Kumo D told me back in 2002 that he was sitting on the toilet, one of his favorite places to write rhymes, and he was writing, and he was thinking about a rhyme that Kid Creole from the Furious Five had said. In the rhyme, Creole was talking about his brother Melly Mel, and what he said was, when other MCs are trying to prove a point, Melly Mel is busy being a joint. So Modi said, why didn't he continue? Why didn't he just keep on and go on a flurry? 
with the flow he was doing. Well, Moe D did continue, and the fast rap was born. So it could be said that the new rap language, that new style of rapping fast, was Moe D improving upon Kid Creole. Either way, the fast rap style is still in existence today, East Coast, West Coast, and all points between. Other artists have put their own spin on it and changed it, but it still started with Cool Moe D, Kid Creole. By 1980, Spoonie G was one of those artists, along with Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and the Funky Four Plus One, who were jumping ship from Enjoy and going over to Sylvia Robinson's Sugar Hill Records. In 1980, Sylvia paired Spoonie with Blondie, Cheryl the Pearl, and Angie B, the sequence, for Monster Jam. This infectious bass line and this flirtatious lyrics between Spoonie and the sequence, this song became an instant hit. Spoonie says that while he was in the booth, Sylvia constantly told him to try to sound more seductive and sexy on the mic. Surely she was capitalizing off of the sexual energy between Spoonie and the sequence. Nineteen eighty one brought us the second single by Spoonie on Sugar Hill Records, Spoonie's Back. Spoonie gets down over a replayed version of Funky President by James Brown. This song was also a dedication to Spoonie's mother, who passed away in nineteen seventy seven. This song had the exact same backing track as a song by Busy B, who was also signed to Sugar Hill Records at the time. His song was called Making Cash Money. This would happen many times at Sugar Hill Records, where two groups or two artists would rap over the same track. Spoonie encouraged Busy to do his own version because everybody in the streets that had seen Busy perform at various clubs in New York knew that Funky President is Busy B's record. And we'll expound upon that more in the Busy B segment. But when you see Busy get down over Funky President, you'll know why Busy is one of the best live to ever do it. Spoonie used to write rhymes for Busy B. And Busy B would promise to pay Spoonie for the rhymes, but he would use them before he paid Spoonie. Kumo D knew this, and he used this piece of information in his infamous battle against Busy B. There's a line where Mo D says, Busy B stole it like a fucking thief. That comes directly from Spoonie selling rhymes to Busy, but Busy not paying, but still using the rhymes. This did not prevent them from having a friendship. Spoonie and Busy were still cool, but that was an issue. On the business side, things did not go well for Spoonie at Sugar Hill, and he had to part ways. But part of the stipulations for breaking his contract was that he had to write a song. The song that he wrote was called Survival, The Message 2 and it was given to Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and performed by Melly Mel and Duke Booty. You'll notice the opening lines of the message too are about surviving in jail. That's the exact same rhyme that Spoonie would use years earlier on Spoonie Rap. The 
1983 set Spoonie on a path that would put him on what he called the best record label that he had ever dealt with, Tough City, and it will also make him relevant to the golden era of MCs about to emerge a few years later. Spoonie G signed with Aaron Fuchs' Tough City Records and released The Big Beat, produced by Davey DMX. The Big Beat is Spoonie in player mode once again, spitting game to the lady. Spoonie stepped his player game up over the years, and Davey DMX laces him with a hot track. Over the years, Spoonie will release a few more singles on Tough City. Street Girl in 1985, Get Off My Tip in 1986. He even released a diss track aimed at Schooly D called That's My Style in 1986. The flip side of That's My Style was Take It Off. Take It Off was the beginning of Spoonie G re-entering the game. With production by the incredible Marley Maul, Spoonie G was about to step into the golden era. In 1987, again recorded at Marley's house and produced by Marley Maul, The Godfather Drops. This is Spoonie going for broke in 1987 and taking his title back and letting everybody know where it started. Nineteen eighty seven would also bring a full length LP called The Godfather with production by Marley Maul and Teddy Riley. The success of The Godfather would put Spoonie on tour with Public Enemy, The Jungle Brothers, Boogie Down Productions, and all the relevant groups of the day. With the exception of Dougie Fresh, not many can say that they represented in that Enjoy Sugar Hill era and then came back and represented in the Def Jam era. Spoonie still makes music and records to this day. If you were lucky, you might have caught wind of a song called The Heat, which reunited the Treacherous Three and Spoonie G together about 10 years ago. Spoonie's signature intro to his songs, the one for the trouble, two for the time, has been scratched, sampled, and used in commercials, other rappers' music, R&B music. For a guy who signed a recording contract back in 1979 as just something to do, as he put it, Spoonie G left his mark on the music industry. And I neglected to mention, Spoonie suffered from terrible stage fright in the early days. Blondie from Sequence told me that they would have to go out on stage with Spoonie with his eyes closed and walk out with him. And sometimes he had his back to the crowd. That's something that he obviously overcame, and he became one of the top performers from the original era of MCs. This is Jay Kwan, MC, DJ, producer, hip-hop historian. You can check my website for other Foundation-era artists. 
at The Foundation. That's T-H-A Foundation.com. You can also check me out on all social media at Jaquan V-A. That's J-A-Y-Q-U-A-N-V-A. You can contact me at Jaquan at Jaquan.org. Jaquan at Jaquan.org. But if the people ain't dancing, they shouldn't be around. So come on, everybody, let's all.